Good morning. Welcome. Thank you again for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you for giving us one more chance to help you get just a little bit closer to Jesus, to either meet him for the first time or to become a more fully devoted or more fully equipped disciple. That's what our church is about. That's what we're here to do. And uh, this past series that we've been working on, today is the next to the last in this series. It's called Authentic Faith. What we've been trying to do is just go back to look at the key elements that make any church a church. Any gathering, not just a bunch of people that got together with some good ideas or what they thought were good ideas, but what the scriptures actually outline as a church. If you've missed some of those, uh, I hope that you go back and listen to them online. They're available in several different formats now. But in, we're just going to charge right on through. I'm not going to give you a review today. We've got way, much, way too much to do. All of the gathering and leading and worshiping and discipling and giving and suffering that we've been talking about all leads up to this and what we're talking about next week. What we're talking about today is growing. God built the idea of building and the idea of growing into the very DNA of everything. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see that before the fall, that not, God not only created everything, but he created us with the ability to create. And with the, he gave us the job to create, to do stuff with God's creation that he hadn't even thought of yet. This was before the fall, before anything else. And we see this same kind of an idea all the way through, through the teachings of Jesus himself, where he said to build our lives on his teachings, just like someone builds a house on a firm foundation if they're wise. And we see the ideas of growth all throughout the scriptures as well. One of the most common ones is living things, and especially trees. You see this in Psalm 1-3, where the psalmist writes, about people who reject lies and paths that take them in dangerous places and, and instead they embrace God's truth and follow his ways. He says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. It's a great metaphor because trees grow in multiple directions at once, just like God wants his people to do. They're constantly sending their roots deeper and wider so that they can grow more strength from, from God and from the soil. They're constantly getting deeper and stronger that way. Their trunks are growing upwards and outwards a little bit, but mostly their trunks are focusing on getting stronger and more resilient. And this goes on their entire lifetime. The branches is where you see the most obvious growth, but those are, those are the, um, they grow vertically and horizontally, up and out just like God expects us to grow in a spiritual sense. And then the branches are also where the fruit is produced. The point of the tree, the thing the tree adds to the world around it is also happening in the branches. We've looked over the last several weeks that in the metaphor we've used that the tree represents our lives, it represents our church, it represents all of these different ideas. And there is stuff that God wants to add to the world through us. It doesn't happen unless we keep growing in all those directions. Paul writes this in Colossians. Let your roots grow down in Him and let your lives be built on Him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. 
Jesus loved to tell stories about things that were growing. In Matthew 13, there are several examples of this. I know you know the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the sower. There's a couple others just in that one chapter alone, but I'll refer to those two stories in a little bit. But this wasn't just Jesus, it wasn't just the Old Testament, it was the apostles too. Paul writes this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and in understanding. James writes, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God's dream was never that we just join his family and then just stay there. That we just show up one day and say, I'm going to follow Jesus, but we don't actually move in the directions that Jesus is taking us. He never wanted us to be born and reborn into his family and never mature, never learn anything beyond the point that we were when we first entered his family. His dream is always that we grow, that we mature. He put this into the DNA of everything. Even the universe itself is expanding. Did you know that? This is how, this is how God does everything. Dr. Carol Dweck has spent over three, three decades researching how our brains work and the effects of our, how we think on how we act and what the results of our lives are. And she's proven in a physical sense, in a mental sense, what I've been sharing with you every single week from Danielle Strickland, what she says in a spiritual sense, and that's this. Our deep beliefs actually do shape our values and our values actually do inspire our actions and our actions are the things that actually make whatever happens in our life happen and if we actually want to see any kind of change any kind of expansion any kind of growth in our lives or in any group that we're in including a church we've got to make sure that the the deepest beliefs are right we've got to make sure that our values are actually rooted in those roots and we've got to make sure that we're making choices that are based on all of that and producing the fruit that's supposed to be produced and if we get that right here's what it's going to look like it's going to look like growth but here's what's becoming more and more not just a symptom or a hard thing that pe some people deal with, but actually what our culture teaches. This is what Dr. Dweck's research has shown is the thing that kills potential in any area of your life. I don't care spiritually or whether you're trying to work out better or whether you're trying to do better at work, you're having a better marriage, whatever it is. It's called a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is rooted in a deep belief the deepest root belief is that we are what we are. And that's it. We don't have potential to grow. And, and what, when you really believe that at your heart of hearts, here's what happens. Your values are the best thing you can possibly do is to accept and affirm other people for who they are as they are right now and never expect anymore. And the best thing anybody else could ever do for you is to accept you and affirm you as you are right now and never expect anything else. And anything less than that would be wrong. If you live from a fixed mindset, you reject anything that hints that something might be wrong with you or something could be better in you because, hey, the best thing that you can do for me is to accept me and to affirm me. 
Because I am what I am, and there's not, it's not going to change. If you really believe that and you live from that, it actually destroys your potential and gives you a life that is completely focused only on yourself, makes very little impact on the people around you. And this is true about ourselves as people, and it's true as in our families, and our closest relationships, and it's true in whatever organization we put together and try to impact the world. If that's the way we're operating, that is the kind of impact we're actually not going to have. People who live from a fixed mindset, when they see challenges, they take them as a personal attack. God's against them. The universe is against them. Or this other person who's upset at them that day is against them. Instead of something to overcome to get better. We, you, failure becomes the end or at least proof that, hey, I'm telling you, I actually tried that time. I am what I am. You better just start accepting and affirming me. Feedback is nothing more than someone else's failure to accept you or affirm you as you are. And when somebody else succeeds, that's a threat. Because what if somebody likes them better for who they are? I don't have any chance to compete with that. I am what I am. Can I just be really blunt with you guys for a moment? I think you've heard this before, but I just want to remind you, and I need reminded. We only get one shot at this. One shot. We got one life. Whatever impact you're going to make on this planet, whatever impact you're going to make on your family, whatever impact this church is going to have on our community and the world, whatever impact your life is going to have, it's going to, you get one shot at it. Do you want the impact of your life, the impact of your family, the impact of our church? Do you want it to be that we're just constantly draining everyone around us, hoping they affirm us and accept us? Or do you want to make a difference? Do you want to bear fruit? I don't know about you, but I want that. And that's what this is about today. If there was ever anybody who, just as they were, had so much potential to get a specific job done, in the Bible it would be Samson. This guy was amazing. He had so much strength and so much potential, and he only had one job. Destroy the Philistines and free Israel from being their slaves. And we all know how that turned out, right? It was because if you read the story and you kind of squint a little bit and you read between the lines, you realize he had a completely fixed mindset. His attitude was, it's not like we could actually eradicate the Philistines. It's not like we could actually set ourselves free from them. It's not like we could actually defeat them. It's not like I could actually lead these people to victory. But he could have. Think about some of the battles that he fought. Just one man with a jawbone against an entire armed army and he defeated a thousand people in one day. Can you imagine a person like that that was focused, that was leading an entire trained army? They could have, they could have got that job done right away. And instead, he was so focused on himself, so, so small thinking that he not only didn't defeat them, he only dated them. He only married them. He only went to Philistine prostitutes. I'm not saying he should have gone to Jewish ones. I'm just saying the truth. He was, he was attracted to the people he was supposed to destroy. It, this, this one job he had and all this strength that he had, all this power and potential went nowhere because he was 100% focused on himself 
and he just didn't see the big picture until the end. But my favorite verse in his story, one of my favorite verses in the Bible because of, the, because of how powerful this truth is, is Judges 16.22. But before long, his hair began to grow back. If you know the story, you know what happened at this point. He finally broke the last of the laws of the Nazarites. The last vow was shattered. The last Philistine woman had, had, well, not the last one, but the last one in his life had betrayed him. And he ends up a slave to the people he was supposed to free his people from slavery, from too many froms, but you get my point. And so he's there and he's all alone. He's, he's blinded. He's, his hair is gone. Everything that made him him is gone. But in that moment, that is where God met him. And as his hair began to grow back, God was speaking to him. It wasn't about the hair. It was about that he's finally starting to realize that the power was bigger than him. And that is my message of hope to you this morning, is even if that's how it seems like, that's what it feels like to you right now. If you feel that trapped, that enslaved, that hopeless, that weak, that blind, that broken, that betrayed, and you feel like there's nowhere you can go, your hair is growing back. God can bring you back. Because he had gone so far down the road, his, he doesn't really have a happy ending. But what scripture does tell us is in the last couple verses of his story is this. That in his last moments, he did more to accomplish that goal God gave him than he had done in the rest of his life put together before that. That's the power that is there available to us. And, and it's so much more power if we don't waste, wait until the very last minute to try it. So let's talk about a growth mindset. Let's talk about hope for a moment. A growth mindset is rooted in a deep belief that we can grow and we must grow. It, it makes us value hard work and achievement and persistence. It makes us reject anything that hints that we might be trapped in wherever we are, that there's no way out, that we can't get better. It makes us fight against that and react to uh, anything that tells us that. It makes us focus on tangible, valuable goals that are bigger than ourselves. A growth mindset for Christians means we are 100% focused on God and others and God's purposes for them. When we face challenges, we just say, well, that, yeah, that's inevitable. That's just part of the process. And we actually face them. And we keep facing them until we beat them. When we face failure, we go, yep, absolutely. That's also inevitable and part of the process. I'll try it a different way next time. But I'm not going to stop. This will not define me. When we have feedback, even really negative, critical feedback, angry feedback, it hurts and we feel it, but we go, you know what? Um, some of that was right. Maybe I can learn from that. Let's move on. When somebody else on our team wins, we celebrate. Here's some wise words from some people. You probably know their names, and here's why. Not only did they achieve things, they achieve things because they live from a growth mindset, and they're known for this. Just a couple. There's five of these. I hope you guys get this. Here we go. Dale Carnegie says, Most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed no hope at all. Albert Einstein said, It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. 
Michelangelo, amazing artist, he said, if people knew how hard I had to work to gain my mastery, it would not seem so wonderful at all. Michael Jordan said, I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. LeBron James says, I like criticism. It makes you strong. If this doesn't sound anything at all like you, here's my message to you this morning. Your hair could still grow back. Okay? And if this sounds like you, good job and keep it up, but let's keep growing in these directions. This is the kind of mentality that can change your own life, that can change your own family, that can change the destiny of your children for generations to come, that can change this church, that can change the world. How do we do this? Well, just like trying to grow anything, you have to nurture a healthy and growth-focused environment. I don't know that much about gardens and flowers and how to grow things well, so I'm not going to pretend. Here's what I do know. You have to get rid of all the stuff that would compete with it. You have to dig this stuff up. You have to tear a bunch of stuff up. You have to fertilize it. You have to uh, irrigate it. You have to do a whole bunch of stuff to get it all ready. You have to make it as easy as possible. And then you actually have to put those seeds in there. The seeds are the things you want to grow. You've got to actually put some work in there. But when we do our best, God does the rest. Hey, that sounds good. Let's say that together. When we do our best, God does the rest. One more time. Say that like you mean it. When we do our best, God does the rest. Might want to write that one down. But seriously, this is what we see in Scripture as well. We keep coming back to the example of the Acts 2 church, the original prototype church. And they did almost everything that we've been looking at and studying and marinating in for the last several weeks, as well as any church has ever done. But at the end of that passage, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Paul writes to the Corinthian church that he planted the seeds. Another guy named Apollos watered them, but it was the Lord who made them grow. Both Jesus and James use the same line. A tree is identified by its fruit. But we must never forget that the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. We use spiritual disciplines and all the other things that we, we can do to actually make it possible for that to grow in us, but it's God who makes that stuff grow. It's God who makes that stuff happen. And we've got to realize that even if we know ourselves well enough that we can't do it on our own, guess, guess what? Good job. You actually know yourself. You can't do it on your own, but God has given you everything that you need for a life of godliness. And he has given you the ability to make it easier on the spirit to grow that stuff in you. And he has given you the hope and the tools and the network and everything you, uh, you need for him to produce that in you. Especially if you pray. Especially if you pray, not only for yourselves, but for your family and for the people around you. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, for this reason, this big idea of growing God's kingdom, for this reason I kneel before the Father. He talks about praying daily for the Ephesian church. And he says this in several other of his letters as well. He prayed all the time for these churches he was trying to mentor. And he prayed that they would grow deeper and higher 
and wider and be more fruitful. Does that sound familiar? You pray for that and it gives you access to God and his power. Our church has been through several changes in the last year or so. And I, I, those of you who've joined us in, in, in the middle of that era, uh, you might not even remember this, but the changes, good and bad, here's where they started. We went to God as a church and asked him, what do you want to change? What do you want to happen? What do you want to be new? What do you want us to do next and it led our pastor Dennis Mullen to resign it led a lot of things that none of us saw coming but it started when we there at that point if you remember our, our attendance was just going down 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 it was kind of a moment where it was really dark and a desperate almost moment where we we were praying God there's got to be something more than this what is it none of us had any idea what he's going to do I have no idea what he's going to do next after this but here's what I know, it's going to happen good if we have a growth mindset, and it's going to happen bad if we have a fixed mindset. And there's unlimited power if, we, if it begins and happens and ends with the power of God. And we're praying for His guidance, we're praying for His leading, and we're doing everything that we can so that we're giving Him the chance to do the rest. So I'm going to talk to you for just a couple of last minutes here about the fixed and growth mindsets. And I, I hope that this applies to you in as practical ways as possible. Whether it's on your own level, just you and God and your own life and whatever thing you're trying to do. Whether it's about your family, definitely it's about our church. I hope that all this happens. But listen, you might want to also write down, if you notice in your bulletin insert, there's, there's two little things there. It says, Lord, I will stop, dot, dot, dot. I'd like you to write down at least one thing, every single one of you. Lord, I will start, or just I think it says, Lord, I will. You're, you're going to do something, at least something. But here we go. If you realize this morning that you're living in any way, any area of your life in a fixed mindset, here's what you need to do. You need to stop avoiding challenges. You need to start trying again when you fail. Try a different way, maybe. Maybe not the same thing every single time. But keep trying. You need to accept feedback that's good and healthy and give feedback that's good and healthy. But listen to me, this is not good and healthy. Don't ever say and don't let anyone say this to you. It's okay that you can't do this. It's okay. It's okay that we can't do any better than this. It's okay. Don't let anyone lie to you like that. And don't lie to anyone you love like that. It's not okay that we just are stuck because we're not. And if you see somebody else winning, cheer for them. If they're on your team, it's a win for you too. Here's, here's some ideas about how to live from a growth mindset. When you see a challenge, face it. And stop picking out the little easy ones and saying that you're challenging yourself. Find something, seek one out. Find something that you think, I think this might work. I'm going to try it. And if you fail, you know what? Learn from that, improve in that, change in that, grow in that. Here's some great feedback you could accept from other people and give to other people if you really love them and believe in the truth. It's okay that this is hard. It's okay that this is painful. It's okay that you failed. It's okay that this is really, really rough. It's okay that this has taken a ridiculously long time, but, but 
There's hope. But you and me and the power of God, we can get beyond this. This is not the end. You are not trapped. You can move on. Start playing your part as a team. Stop worrying about if everybody thinks you're great and if they're going to accept you or affirm you. Just do the part that God gave you to play. Just play it. Play it well. Do it at the best you possibly can. And help other people do the best they possibly can. And let whatever happens, do your best. Let God and other people do the rest. Paul writes this to the Colossians. So we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. There's another one of those prayers. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. This is a prayer that I pray for you. There are several other people that are constantly praying this for you if you're part of this church in any way at all. It's something I'm asking you this morning. If you haven't written anything else down, would you add this to your to-do list? Lord, I will list. I will start praying that our church will grow in every direction it needs to grow. I will start praying that our family, our relationships will grow in all these directions. Now, I don't know what you're facing today. I, I don't know where you're coming from today. I don't know what you feel trapped in. I don't know what kind of victories you've just won or whatever other things that might be the worst thing ever right this minute. But I'm telling you, you're either this big old hairy muscly person that has all this potential and you just haven't reached it yet, or your hair's gonna grow back. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? You can do this. And this is my prayer for you. I'm going to read that whole passage I, I gave to you earlier. As the band plays softly and we get ready to sing this song, Commitment. This is out of Ephesians 3. It's my prayer for you. I'm quoting, though, from, from Paul. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything, in heaven and on earth, and I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Whatever you need to do with God this morning, please do it. We'll pray with you. We'll walk you through it. We'll do whatever it takes in the weeks to come. But let's all recommit to God this morning as we stand and sing.